The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Goodwill Hunting, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this fine 1997 movie. And joining me today on the panel are Father Chip Hines. Hi, Father hello, Chip. Hello. How, hello, are hello. How are ya? How are ya? How say, are ya? You gotta say it like you're, from, like, like you're from here. That's right. And Andrew Hermes, who's not from here. Hi, Andrew. How do you like them apples? <laughs> there you go. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Folks, remember to like the Secrets of Movies and TV shows on Facebook, where we're at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Retweet us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. And be sure to leave us comments there. We want to hear from you what you think of our uh, our show, our discussion, and of the movie we're going to be discussing tonight. Uh, so we are discussing a Goodwill Hunting. This uh, movie was directed by Gus Van Sant, written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, starring Damon Affleck, uh, Minnie Driver, Robin Williams, Stellan Skarsgård, Casey Affleck. It got his start here. Uh, so uh, great cast. Uh, and uh, I should point out that, yes, Father Chip and I are both from Boston, born. I was born in Boston. Were you born in Boston, Father Chip? Yeah, well, I was born in Medford, but okay, well, that's close, that's close, close enough. enough, close enough, Method. Uh So, uh, yeah, so we're we're from here, but and and that's a that's a big part of it. In fact, I kind of want to I want to uh, mention or discuss right up front. This was the movie that started the modern trend of like set in Boston movies, isn't it? I think you're right. Um, I was thinking about that when I was rewatching it because, um, it's still to me, it's still one of the best examples of that kind of movie too because the whole time i'm watching it i'm like i know that place i know right. that place i've been there <laughs> yeah i've seen that i've done that you know and, and you know and, and and the other part of it too was i think you know i can't speak for for andrew but i'll speak for you i mean we've all known guys like chucky and morgan oh, and and yeah. all those guys i, I mean, grew up know with guys like that yeah exactly totally. we grew up with guys like that so right. it was funny it was it's funny to watch and uh in that way and, uh, you know, and, I, and, and all in all, I mean, you know, some bad accents, Robin Williams aside, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I thought it was pretty decent yes. as far as that stuff goes. I bet Affleck's accent in this was better than in the, uh, the town. Uh, I, oh I don't, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I don't know what happened in the intervening years. Maybe he was in Hollywood too long. But... Too, too long in Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, uh, if we wanted to talk about like the bad Boston accents in movies, uh, the the nadir of the bad Boston accent would have to be Benedict Cumberbatch as oh. uh, <laughs> as Billy as Billy Bulger. Billy Bulger. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, that was the worst. I I can't. I mean, he he makes Robin Williams look like a dialect coach. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but a uh, close, close second would be Holly Hunter in the movie Once Around, which is an obscure movie from the 80s. Uh, but uh, but uh, but the thing is, this, like, as I was saying, this movie started the modern trend of Boston based Did. movies, you know, especially South Boston, really put South Boston on the map. And you get now you get the departed and you got, you know, Black Mass and you get like all departed departed i gotta i'm gonna i'm gonna roll it out here i usually don't let my my uh, 
Boston accent go all over the place, but here it comes. <laughs> Please. I mean, the L Street, uh, the bar. Uh, that, L Street Tavern, a, yeah. L Street Tavern was a dive before. And now it's a now it's a tourist trap. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a tourist trap slash yuppie bar kind yes. of place. Yeah. Yeah, it is not like the movie anymore. So uh, not anymore. No. Uh, so yeah, it really, it really did, it really did start that trend, and it, and like you said, it really is, it puts Boston in a in a really interesting light. I mean, it's 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 a, it's seen from the eyes of people who are from here, love love this city, you know, Affleck and Damon. I mean, we should talk about that. They started writing this, like Matt Damon started writing this as part of an assignment for a class at Harvard, which is kind of funny oh. given given the uh, scene in the bar with the guy from Harvard. Uh, right, right. But, uh, and this was their, this was their first effort at a, at their first movie script. And they won Oscars for it. I know. I, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of astounding. And then when you think they have not done that since, I mean, they, I, they have not produced a, a, have they written anything? Do you know? I don't think they've written anything together in a long time. If they have at all, yeah. No, they haven't. There is a there, there is a movie that's I think I think they finished filming that they did write together, um, but it it got delayed because of the pandemic. Okay. Uh -huh. And uh, you know I got to look up the name of that movie. I'll do that here. But they did they did recently just uh, work on a project that they wrote together. Okay. No, that's interesting. I mean, it's it's amazing to think. I mean, there's some people who have one great you know, effort in them for, you know, I think one, an author has one great book or a, the one hit wonder musician. And it's mm -hmm. almost like, I mean, they've gone on to great acting careers and they producing and directing and that sort of stuff. But this really is the one, the one script they produced. And uh, it was, it was, I still remember that Academy Awards where they got up there and accepted. And, and of course they had to do the, you know, we won. How do you like them apples? You know, that whole, right. that whole thing. So uh, that was, that was pretty awesome. It's a movie called The Last Duel. The Last ah. Duel. Yeah. Okay. It's a true story of a trial by combat. Uh, it's directed by Ridley Scott, and it's uh, written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and oh, it's starring wow. both of them. Excellent. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether it whether it measures up, whether it has what it takes, because you know, they I think they wrote this from the heart. Good right. hunting. Uh, it's interesting to see whether. The intervening twenty years plus has uh, has changed anything. So interesting. It, it's it's Goodwill Hunting is kind of a it, it's almost like a love letter to Boston in a way. Oh yeah, and you know I think that's interesting. To, and they and they and they imparted that that vision onto Gus Van Sant's directing. Um, you know, and it, it makes you wonder like how much input did they have on any of that, or did they at all? But he he was it was really. I mean the the scenes of the overhead scenes of Boston and every in Cambridge and everything else. It was really cool to watch, and it was obviously done by people that cared about the place. You know, they they loved the place. It it was really really well done, and you know, and and sometimes you know it's funny uh, that Dunkin' Donuts where the kid was where he plunks up the thing with the with the phone number for Skyler um, that. Apparently, uh, just recently, within the last few years, uh, changed hands and it's not going to be a Dunkin' Donuts anymore. But um, it's sad when things like that <laughs> when disappear. They change. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a Baskin Robbins or something like that, which would be interesting. Um, or no, it's a ramen restaurant now. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's very Cambridge. 
So, very, <laughs> very Cambridge. Cambridge. So I, I do want to t- talk about like that, that how, ve- you know, very Boston is because a lot of times movies, when they go to a city and uh, let's accept Los Angeles and New York, th- those are special cases because they're in every movie. You know, they're, they're the nah, background sure. of TV and movies, basically. But when they when they go and maybe Toronto, you could almost say. But, you know, you, when you go to a, a city like a New Orleans or a Boston, a city with a lot of character and history, sometimes you get a caricature of the city or you get the tourist view of the city. Uh, I'm kind of of that new movie that was out on Netflix, Ava, which was like the spy, the, the spy movie, the assassin movie that was uh, Jessica Chastain was set in Boston. It was just out in this fall. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. It, it was set in Boston. It was a lot of beautiful you know shots of Boston. But it's it's sort of it's not really about Bostonians. And mm. this one really captures it's it's what's one thing it captures the various parts of the city's makeup. And it's discussions of class, blue collar versus white collar, rich versus poor, town versus gown, that whole thing, you know, the town versus the, mm-hmm. you know, the university. Uh, and, and it's really embodied in two relationships. Sean McGuire, Robin Williams character. And Lambo, the Stellan Skarsgård's character, right? You know the guy from the the guy from Southie who went to Harvard, but or MIT, I guess it was, but but didn't, you know, have the success. Whereas the other guy, you know, obviously European and had all the success, won the Nobel Prize of Mathematics, the version, the the, the Fields the, Medal, the Fields, thank you, the Fields Medal in Mathematics. And so you have that that disparity there. And then you see it also in the relationship between Will and Skylar. You know, she's again, he's a kid from the projects. He's he's poor. She's a rich ki- a girl from Britain, a trust fund baby, literally, you know, who's going to Harvard and going off to Stanford, Stanford to become a doctor. You know, that that disparity. And I think it's very interesting because you get that look of of the city, of the place right from the blue collar construction site all the way up to the, you know, the, the heights of Harvard and MIT. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, all the different jobs that, uh, Lambeau lines up for him too, you know, right. all the different, all the different, uh, people that he gets to, he gets to meet or, or Chucky gets to meet. Uh, <laughs> Chucky's interview. That was awesome. <laughs> it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yes. That is a stereotype. I could have a couple hundred bucks in my hand right now. Exactly. <laughs> and Chucky, man, he's my favorite character in the movie, to be honest with you. Although the um, Morgan is pretty funny too. I have to say. Morgan, <laughs> yes. burger. <laughs> Sitting in the back seat of the car, waiting for his double burger. Yeah. He, Casey Affleck really made an impression, uh, apparently, in that movie because, uh, you know, his career really took off. It did. After that. But he, uh, you know, I think that was his first, one of his first major pictures. And oh, yeah. He wasn't, they weren't, those guys weren't in it a ton, but they, they were in it enough. They made a huge impression, um, you know, and they were, you know, very important to the story. Uh, but, you know, I think the Chucky character, is the important character really? I mean, yeah. he's the one who's Will's best friend, and they work together, or they do all these things together. And there's that pivotal scene, you know, towards the end of the movie, uh, where he tells Will, you know, if you're still here in 20 years, I'm going to kick your butt. You know, right? He's doing much more colorful him. language. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He propels him. He's he's the one who, he, who of all of the people in the movie, the one who can really get will to do the thing that's best for him is chucky no one else not the girl he loves not the the 
the father figure that Sean is, not the, right. the the mathematician who has discovered his talent, but 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 only Chucky can do that. Yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, when you think about it, you get a you know a high school kid from you know a high school educated kid from Southie who breaks through to 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 this genius and right. and, uh, and gets him to see the reality of the situation. It is pretty, yeah, it's pretty wild. And one of the things I want to talk about is that everybody in this movie has some stake in Will's future. Mm. Uh, you know, like yeah. every every character, I mean, it revolves around Will, uh, but it's, so Lambo, he sees Will's potential to, you know, to contribute to science and uh, human knowledge, but also to Lambo's own future and fame. And, and it reminds him of his own lost opportunities after he, you know, right. he he, pinic- he peaked early, and that was it. You know, right? Uh, Chucky, well, you know, his stake is you're betraying all of us if you don't succeed. Your success is the success, success. of all of us in Southie, right? Right. Sky- Got to cash that lottery ticket. Yeah, exactly. Right. He says that. Yeah. Skylar wants Will to leave behind everything he's known to be with her. You know, that's that's her stake in his future. Uh, Sean wants Will to be more whole to stop putting up a defensive wall, let people in, deal the abuse he suffered because of Sean's own experiences along those lines. And so I think it's interesting to see these relationships. It's really a movie of these relationships that he has with all these different people. What do you think of that? Well, like, which is, I, I don't want to say which is more important because they all kind of contribute in a way, but what do you think of these relationships that he has with these different characters? Well, it's 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 really the the driving force behind you know, the whole movie, it's, it, I mean, you, first of all, like, like we talked about, like watching this film, you really feel like these are real people. Like, even though you, you don't have to be from Boston, like you guys, like me watching this film, like I, these are, it's, it's hard to, to tell that they're acting, you know, right. it's like, you feel like it's, even though it's like a, you know, a once in a generation type story of, of, a, you know, a prodigy like that, it's almost like you're watching a documentary, you know? Um, and, uh, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, how the relationships, you know, work, how he, how, how his friendships, like, even though like they can get into a lot of trouble, um, at the end of the day, you know, he has a guy like Chucky who is level headed enough to, to realize, you know, what's going on, has that perspective, like, Hey man, you know, you got, you got to, you got to, cash this in you you have this talent and you, you got to do it and then you and then it's just like a a, a lot like the, a lot like how the movie is you know the, the the story itself is just it's this amalgamation of all these components like all these people in his life that lead him to the decision he makes at the end like even though it's not like the t- you know maybe a typical story like this would end up like you know, having text at the end of the movie, like he went on to, you know, right. Yeah. Win the, yeah. You know, when the field's pro metal, metal and, yeah, yeah right. and all that stuff. Right. No, it's, right. it's left very ambiguous and it's not a sad ending. It's you're happy for the guy, you know? Uh, and cause you already know, cause by that time you already know, like he, he's going to figure it out. He had, the, the, what he had to, what he had to figure out throughout the whole movie was not what he's going to do with his talent, but what he was going to do with all this, all the demons he had inside. Cause, cause this guy was, I mean, again, too smart to not to not figure it out. And like you said, it, it it takes each and every person. And 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 you know, Robin Williams' character, you know, being from from obviously being from Southie and having that connection to him was really the one, you know, that like even even intellectually, even though like he's not as smart as him, 
he knows way more about how to deal with, with the, you know, all these struggles that he has. And uh, he's never had someone challenge him on that level because, you know, like in that scene with Lambeau, he's like, are you kidding me? This is easy. This is easy for me. Right. Like, th- yeah. Yeah, th- th- yeah. This stuff was never easy for him. And, right. um, and, and that was the, that, that, that was the, the key to, to unlocking his, his potential. Why do you think Sean got through to him when the other therapists couldn't? What was it about Sean? Was it wasn't was it simply just they were from the same neighborhood and they could relate that way? What was it that made them connect? I don't think it was that necessarily. I think that was the in, but the the rea- the reality was he didn't put up with his, you know, bull crap. You yeah. know, he he just he gave it right back to him. And uh and I think that's what over the course of time gained his respect and his trust. Um, and, and I think he was able to, you know, I mean, Sean let him in too, you know, he explained about his wife who had passed from cancer and they really shared stuff together. And I think that trust brought them together closer and made Sean into the father figure that he became. Um, and it, and it goes into that scene where, where Robin Williams keeps on repeating over and over again, it's not your fault. Right. You know, and, and Will breaks down and finally loses it. And realize, you know, I think it's that's when he realizes, you know, this is it's not my fault. Uh, Sean has my back. Uh, you know, this is all we're going to figure it out. You know, I mean, it was yeah. it was that scene really had a lot to had a lot going for it. And 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 it did not. I mean, Damon's crying wasn't the best crying in the world, but, <laughs> you know, um, it was a good scene. And but I think one of my fate. Well, I'm going to save it for later because I think you have a question about best lines yes so i yeah i will say save your best lines for for the end uh we already know what some of them are but yeah i think i think it's interesting uh you hit on a point there with when he got him to lower the walls you know be in it was a scene about forgiveness but sean mm. wasn't forgiving will it was right. will forgiving will and i think that's an important element of forgiveness is especially mm. when when we're angry, when we're bottling it up, when and sometimes we're we're holding on to the pain because we can't forgive ourselves for letting it happen to us. I, I think that sometimes, you know, irrationally, and you know, we're we're not always rational beings, especially when trauma happens to us as kids. But we sometimes hold on to pain because we think we deserve it because, you know, for some reason it's our fault. And that moment was. And and Sean was for, was getting him to forgive himself, and also because Sean was the first person who was trying to help him with no expectation of return, apart from Chucky, you know. The, and and that was the thing is he was the first father figure, the first authority figure, let's say. He was like Lambo wanted something from him, you know, and even right. Skyler wanted something from him. She wanted love. She wanted what he could give her, but Sean didn't want something from him. Right. He, he just wanted to give to him. And I thought that was that was what got through to him in that moment. Yeah. And I think forgiveness, I mean, speaking as a Catholic priest for just a second, um, I think one of the things that I, I've noticed over almost 17 years of hearing confessions is that if people are willing to accept that God forgives them, but they're not always willing to willing to forgive themselves. And that's the hardest part to get people to understand that they have to forgive themselves too for something that they may have done, said, you know, or whatever. 
they hold on to it more for themselves than they do for anybody else. And, and getting them to release that part of it uh, is hard. It's not easy work. It's God part is easy for a lot of people. It's the self forgiveness that's hard for people. Mm. Yes, that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, even just <laughs> first person experience, I right. would say that's that that's my experience as well. Uh, not nowhere near that level uh, in as we see in the movie, but also that Sean opens up about his own, you know, experience right. of abuse. You know, I, I like those other, those therapists at Harvard or at MIT or whatever it was, you know, like the, right. which was funny, you know, how he manipulates them and turns them. And, and he was like, he was just a charity project to them. He was a favor, but Sean, yeah. no, Sean is, is literally had compassion in the sense of the Latin word, meaning suffering with, that's what compassion literally means is to suffer with. And Sean suffered with will in right. that moment. And that was the, that was the beauty of that moment. Yeah, it was, it was, it comes down to the point that Sean was making in, you know, the, in the park bench scene. He's like, you know, you, you've, I know you've read every book and you know, you know, everything, you know, that's why he could, like you said, he could toy with all the different, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists right. and all that. Cause he already knew what was coming, but he knew like he, he hadn't experienced anything outside of Southie. And, and the only things he's experienced were, you know, the abuse and, you know, getting into fights and, you know, being, you know, being silly with his friends, like outside of that, you know, he, he has an experience, he really experienced life. And if that's all he has, then, you know, that's, it's not surprising the way, you know, he, he's dealing with everything from his talent to his love life to, you know, to everything else. And, and he was, you know, Sean was the only one that, that understood that. And I think that's why he also, you know, throughout the film, like would, would implore like, you know, Lambeau not to press him so much on the, on all the math stuff. And, and, you know, it's like, just, you got to let this kid like, you know, figure it out and, and, and do it himself. He gave him that, that freedom. Like, like you, like you mentioned, like he, he didn't, ex he had no expectations of him like coming back. He, he's like, you can come if you want, I'll be here. If not, you know, whatever. And he's, he was the only one that, that knew that that was probably the only way you're going to get to him. If, if, if you were ever gonna. And, and he saw right through the facade, you know, like in that scene in the, in the public garden, you know, it's like, I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much when he was talking about like his own wife who died, you know, I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody. And I don't see a intelligent, confident man before me. I see a cocky, scared kid, you know, mm. but you're genius. Well, you like, he's like, I'm not saying this to, to, to knock you down. I'm saying this to, to kind of pull aside the veil and see the real person in front of me so that you can see that. And so let's, let's, you know, I, I haven't, I, you know, I, I can't read Oliver Twist and tell you what it's like to be an orphan. Right. So let's, let's, let's set all that aside and be real with one another. I think that's what he was trying to get at there. And I think that's what opened the door to, to later, you know, to everything that happened later on. And it's interesting how the relationship, you know, Will's relationship with these various people also helped heal these people, whether it was, Lambo or Sean or like Lambo had a, a a revelation. I although we don't see whether he changes uh, changes because of it. He sort of he tears him apart, like you mentioned. Uh, but we don't see what happens to Lambo after. But we do see Sean is really healed by his connection to Will as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that was important part of the movie. I think uh, that 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 Sean's life changed too that sean was able to um 
you know, see that he was holding on to his 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 deceased wife uh, very strongly, and he wasn't progressing further in life, right? Uh, because of that, and I think he was able to see that through his work with Will and come to a decision that he needed to, you know, put his money back on the table, so to speak, as they say in the movie. Right. Right. Yeah, they help each other release those demons that have been holding on to, you know, like, you know, like you said, Sean's demons of isolation and grief, right. Will's, Will's demons of lack of trust um, yep. and inability to form meaningful bonds with other people, experience life outside the familiar bounds of, you know, Southie, Southie <laughs> and hanging out with his friends and go, you know, sw- mopping floors and that sort of stuff. Um, so th- it was it was a. Uh, it was fascinating to see how they helped each other. They healed each other through this relationship. Um, and it, Melanie was telling me that she'd watched a, uh, that's one of the reasons we, we ended up, I ended up getting the idea of doing this episode. She had watched a series or, or at least a YouTube video by this uh, therapist looking at the therapy in the movie mm-hmm. and, and, and pretty much saying like, so I wouldn't recommend this line of therapy in most cases, you know, like where he grabs him by the throat and pushes him against the wall. That's, right, right, that's, right. That's probably a little over the line. But he does talk about like the the effectiveness of like of, of connecting with someone on this on that on that level and getting through those those walls and getting and being real with somebody not to score a point, not because it, you can be clever, the clever therapist. But but because it it gets through to them, it gets it, yeah. it opens up the door. That scene where he pushes him up against the wall, though, is is powerful in the sense that he's he's showing Will that listen, you know, I may have gone to MIT and I may have a degree in psychology or psychology whatever, but don't mess with me about my dead wife. You know, right. I, mean, I will I will end you. He says. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, that's pretty powerful uh, coming from, and it's funny. The, the thing that struck me was, and after seeing it the set like this time after all the Bourne movies, uh, I was like, "Wait, Robin, don't mess with Jason Bourne; he'll kill you." <laughs> but, then, but then you see it. Then you see him in Skyler's place with his shirt off, and you realize, "Ooh, this is pre-Jason Bourne for sure." <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been working out, Joey. No, still a skinny no. kid, little skinny kid. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was funny to to see that uh, after all that he's done since then. You know, right? And uh, I think we 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 don't, we don't want to overlook Ben Affleck's performance in this movie. Um, I yeah. thought his Chucky performance was was really good. I mean, it wasn't the focus of the movie, but um, especially. Uh, you know that there's a couple of scenes that really stood out to me. One was <clears throat> it's near the beginning of the movie when they're in the they've they left the baseball game and they're driving down the street and he sees the guy that beat him up in right first grade or whatever it was and and he says, "Hey, Chucky, look." And he's like, "Oh, all right, yeah." And Morgan's in the back going, "Ah, we just got snacks, you know." And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he's like, "Morgan." If you don't get out there after we're done with him, I'm coming back here to take care of you. And, and you know, <laughs> that's it right. Was, it was funny. And uh, the other scene was uh, uh, when he was talking to Will at the construction site. Yes. And yes. And he was saying to him, you know, look, you you have you have something that we don't have, and you know, I love you, and I always will. But you can't stay here. You can't stay here for me. 
Right. Don't don't stay here for me. Because in a sense, that's what he was doing. He was really he didn't want to leave Chucky and the guys. And that was his safe spot. That was where he felt most comfortable. And and he felt a sense of loyalty to them, I think, that was not necessarily healthy, but um but good in the sense that he he he, they were his friends and he wanted to you know take care of he had that scene with sean where he's talking about honorable work you know and he's like well breaking bricks is on laying bricks is honorable work and sean's like yep my dad did it for 30 years yeah exactly right it's honorable work but you have something some you have something that is far above that that can contribute to the greater society and to you uh you know uh you have to do that. You're not being true to yourself if you don't do this. If you don't try to use your gift that God, you know, basically that God gave you. He doesn't say that, but if you don't use your gift, you know. Well, it is an interesting the discussion in this movie about vocation. I mean, really, mm. that's another key aspect of this movie is the is the, the idea of yeah, it does not mention God at all, but it does mention, right. but it does kind of dances around this idea that we have a vocation that we're called to. And yeah, sure, you have free will. You can do whatever you want. But if you're called to a thing, that's it's it's not that it's a sin if you if you don't, you know, uh, fulfill all your potential, that sort of thing. But it, but if if you want to be happy in life, you want to be fulfilled in life. The best thing to do is to do the one the God's vocation for you is the one that will fulfill you the most. To put right. it that way, if God has called you to like. Just for, just as a for example, if if God had called me to the priesthood, but I ended up getting married and having kids instead, I'm very happy. I have kids. Kids make me happy. I have a joyful life. And this doesn't it can't, won't take anything away from that. But if he had if what he had done had called me to the priesthood, I would have had a more fulfilled life. If that was really my vocation, I would it would have been that much more. And right. I think I think that's what they're kind of saying here is. You know, you know, Will, yeah, you could break bricks, have a good job, get married, have a bunch of kids, hang out with your buddies, watch the game, you know, and, and all that. But you have something that is so much more that will serve you, serve others. This is what you're called to do. And, and Chucky, in his profane way, <laughs> really lets him know. I love, I love, well, by the way, that from that was Chucky saying, the best part of my day is when I pull yeah. up to your house. And then that moment before you come to the door, yeah, that little time when I might find out that you that you left, you you gave me like basically the Irish goodbye. Yeah, I don't know if any if people know what the Irish yeah, goodbye yeah. is. It's where you you turn around and, the, and they're gone. <laughs> like, right, like that's how I that's how um, right. at least Boston Irish people say goodbye. They just leave. <laughs> right, but, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene that that scene in particular is yeah, it's it's one of the most like one of my favorite scenes and and. Uh, it's it's so rewatchable. It's like you know this movie, like Good Will Hunting. Like it, it, it's one of those movies that that seems like it was always on TV, like yeah. on cable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, if that scene was on. You had to like sit down and watch it. Um, that, pretty much any scene in the movie, but that one in particular. Um, that one had such an effect on me that I remember when I was in film school, I I uh, I, I recreated that scene for a project. Oh wow, uh, cool. Yeah, so um, it's a scene that that resonates and and you know it's a when you're watching the film you wouldn't think that that would be the moment that clicks for him mm-hmm. you know you probably right. you probably weren't expecting it like they're just out in a construction yard 
um, and you know he's just shooting it with him. You, you probably didn't expect Chucky to get so deep, right? <laughs> right, right. You know, but uh, so yeah, it's it's really it, it's such a key moment um, that I, that he always go back to, and and yeah, Ben Affleck, I think you know showed his chops there. He did, uh, and, and yeah, then, yeah. I mean, obviously they they both went on to have like really remarkable careers that they're still having. And and like we talked about in the beginning, you know, this might still be their best work. I mean, yeah, they've done all these blockbuster movies, but, you know, this is the type of movie that's more rare and rare these days. Like just the 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 quiet, you know, little drama, you know, because these movies don't really. I mean, this is the type of movie that would come out on Netflix now. Yeah, you know? that's uh, true. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and wouldn't necessarily have like the star power of Robin Williams. Um, as Who was, he was the big then. star in the movie? Yeah, yeah, that was the key for this film getting made. I mean, he he really was a, obviously a huge get. I mean, these two unknowns, you know, Miramax, you know, buying the script. I, I think the, it almost never got made, and and I think Matt Damon had just got cast in uh, the Rainmaker, and uh, and I think that helped push it up, push the script back up in the ranks, and um, and it finally ended up getting made. And yeah. And the rest is history. You know, one of the things you mentioned earlier was the the authenticity of the dialogue, of the interactions. And I think that really is important to note because this those times, especially among the, the group between Will and, and Morgan and Chucky and uh, Billy, which is the, the quiet one, <laughs> hardly said three words the whole movie, uh, that the, their interactions especially felt so real. These were. This was like hanging out with with guys. This was like watching a doc, like you said, a documentary. The interactions they had, the way they talked with one another. This was maybe this is sort of the way I talk with my friends back in high school. Uh, maybe you know in college, maybe not quite <laughs> right. so much, but you know you, you, the yeah. the flavor is in there. And so it's really, I think it's one of the things that made this movie so remarkable was the real feel of it. It wasn't a bunch of Hollywood guys pretending to be blue collar, you know, yeah, guys, this was, it felt real. Um, so there's that. I also want to talk about um, mini, mini driver is, is so great in this. In fact, I was thinking to myself the other day, like, where has she gone? I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> That's a good question. like she was, she was so great in, in a bunch of movies around that time. And I mean, maybe she's decided to, you know, she's made enough money and she wants to relax or whatever. Good for her. But, you know, she did so many uh, big and small things around that time that were really good. What was the one um, I really enjoyed was uh, Gross Point Blank. Gross Point. Uh, well, oh, yes. That's, a, that's one of my I favorite I love movies. that movie. That's one yeah, of my favorite movies, too. Yeah. So, so good. It was another it is, one. It really is. That was a, it was kind of it was more of a, um, a, a sweet movie, but it was uh, Return to Me. Which oh, was oh, yeah. David yeah. Duchovny, I think it was. David Duchovny. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. A, 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 another movie that kind of feels in the same uh, realm as this one in the sense of uh, a, a smaller, more intimate movie about these these great characters, like these very interesting characters in their relationships. Uh, and, uh, and so it was, I remember that. That was really good. I mean, I guess she's I'm looking at her list of credits and she's been working. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I just haven't seen this. Stuff yeah. She's in. She was in a TV show yeah. recently. Yeah, she was in a TV show recently on I think ABC or something. But she she's been in stuff. She's around. Okay. It's not that she's not working, but um I think her one of her uh best scenes in the movie is in the bar, right? So Yes. 
she comes over to him and says, uh, you know, she wants to give him the number and she's, and she's, uh, just calling him basically calling him an idiot. What do you, right. you know? You're, I've been sitting here, been waiting, <laughs> sitting here, waiting for you to come over to talk to me. So, and you didn't, but now I'm tired and I'm going home. <laughs> so, um, and, and her accent in the movie is, is, is really, uh, I loved it. I, I mean, I love an English accent anyway, but right. she, she really was like, when she says, are you mad? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, but, when he feeds her the line, the thing about her, his 12 brothers. Yes. yes. Great scene. <laughs> and he comes up with the names off the top of his head. Marky, and, and Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, yeah. Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. Like everything, Brian, yeah. everything is <laughs> e- e- until it Brian. Brian. <laughs> yeah. And he's able to repeat it. Yes. To repeat it. Yeah. yeah she that, tells him to repeat it. Yeah. He does. <laughs> I saw him. I saw a clip recently of him on one of the late night shows and they asked him to do, if he could still do that. And yeah. he did it. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, able to, he was able to do it again. Like, you know, when he named them off and the, and the host was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> you know? So it's really funny. I mean, I think Damon's a smart guy. I, I think he's, oh, yeah. uh, he I went to Harvard. His, <laughs> yeah, it, well, Harvard yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but I think he's a smart guy. And I think he, I think he is of the two main guys of him and, and, and Ben Affleck. I think his, you can't argue that either one of their careers is really horrible, but I think if you had to, if you gave, were given a choice, you'd probably take, uh, Damon's career. Over Affleck, oh Just yeah, the, you know, because, definitely, definitely the more the more stable one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Even personally, yeah, yes. personally too, right? Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, because it's possible that that Ben Affleck got caught up in all the Hollywood, you know, stuff. He, you know, sure he did. he married actresses. You know, um, Ben Affleck married like, I mean, uh, Matt Damon married like a, a regular person. You yes, know, yeah, not in the business. Right. Uh, and they're still together and they have a wonderful family and and it's it's very nice. Um, one of the things about this movie, though, and I don't know if you guys picked up on it at all. You probably did because you're yeah, sort of wicked smart. Um, <laughs> my boy's wicked smart. My boy's wicked smart. Wicked smart. <laughs> um, was the reference to uh, Howard Zinn and yeah. the, the history. Yeah. Did you see that? And even and there was some other hints of sort of like secular. Uh, secular feelings and secular political feelings and secular kind of living in the movie. Um, and, and like I said earlier, like there's no mention of God. There's no mention of faith. There's no right. mention of any of that in this movie, which is unusual in a sense because it's set in South Boston, which you'd think would, you know, it's pretty heavily Irish Catholic. Right. And you would think that there was, there would be some mention of it, um, but there really isn't. And I just thought that that secular humanist kind of quality of the movie was interesting uh looking back on it i don't know if you guys picked up on that or not there really should have been the like the neighborhood irish priest character who should have been you know there and i suppose it might have taken away from sean a little bit but 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 he could have added to it right i you know in fact if now that i think about it like sean really was the priest in that sense, he was right. he, he played that role. He was the confessor, the spiritual advisor in that sense. But he was a therapist and not a religious, you know, director, right. a spiritual advisor, uh, which is interesting in that case. When you as now that you bring it up. Yeah, it was there was a decided dearth of of that of that faith element in this movie, which mm. does kind of take away from it a little bit. It does. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, I think it would have been better with it. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think when you take away the 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 faith component in anybody's life, um, yeah. I think it lessens it a little bit. So let, we need to. We haven't talked much about Lambo himself. Uh, in mm. fact, I before I rewatched this, I, it had been oh more than a decade since I'd seen the movie, and I totally forgotten about Stellan Skarsgård in the movie. Like his character is, <laughs> I mean, it's important character, it's important element, but yeah. it's overshadowed by you know Sean and, and all the rest. But it's interesting, and and all, I, I do have to to mention the the teaching assistant Tom. Oh, so, poor Tom! So creepy. Yeah. He's so creepy. I'm sorry. He's a little creepy, but he's also he like put upon. You know, I mean, yes, he's all, yeah. he walks in the second he walks in, and and Matt Damon's uh, Will sitting there. He goes, "Hey, Tom, can you get us some coffee?" You know, yes. I mean, just the second he walked in the in the in the room, you know, and although I didn't. I mean, I saw some of the creepy factor, but I also saw some of the compassion factor. I mean, yeah, you know, there was that yes, guy that was absolutely. that was trying to explain that that math problem, and Will was like uh, very frustrated, and no, no, it's this, 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 and this, and they blew the guy out of the water, and and Tom said, "You're a very brilliant man." Yeah, there was that yeah. that compassion. I mean, he just he just seemed uh, like sort of subdued, or so. The interesting thing about that character is played by the actress John Mighton, or. His, actually, Doctor John Mighton. He's a mathematician. Oh. In fact, oh, interesting. He's the math expert on the cast. Like he's the guy who knows the math. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, funny. It's fascinating. Uh, but he's also a playwright, which is really kind of cool that he's got both of those things. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the, but I, I was mentioning Lambo, and it was interesting that that the the great scene in the bar between Lambo and Sean the that their their tug of war over will and lambo's like no will has to be like that uh what was it the indian uh, guru oh or, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah yeah the 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 and you know who made the other the english guy famous and 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 sean's like no like what was the great example where he's like uh lambo says to the bartender hey teddy you know have you ever heard of so-and-so the 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 mathematician no nah, i never heard of him and he's right. like names himself you know and then yeah. and then Sean does the uh, uh, the other one, which is the I want to find it. I want to get it right here because I want to. Um, yeah, I'm forgetting that too. Yeah. So well, first, first he says, first he says, settle a bet for us, right? And yes. and and then he 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 names Albert Einstein and uh, someone else famous, and he do you know who those guys are? Yeah. And then he said, okay, hey Timmy, do you know who Gerald Lambo is? And he's like, no. And he goes, and he goes. Yeah, point, point point proven. Um, but still, uh, that's not what Will's. I mean, he can't. He's using Will. Yes, and and then Sean makes the the other point, which is he says, "Hey Jerry, in the nineteen sixties, there was a young man that graduated from the University oh, of Michigan, yeah. did some brilliant yes. work in mathematics, specifically bounded harmonic functions. Then he went on to Berkeley. He was assistant professor, showed amazing potential. Then he yes. moved to Montana and blew the competition away. Yeah. So who yeah, was yeah. he?" Ted Kaczynski. Haven't heard of him. Hey, Timmy, who's Ted Kaczynski? Unabomber. The Unabomber. <laughs> Point made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Point to Sean. <laughs> right. Which is which is the point is, is that if you push like, yes, there is great potential in Sean. He, I mean, in Will, he could become a field medal winning, winner and, you know, go great places. But, you know, the, you could also push him over the edge. He is not a well person. Right. Really, what it comes down to. Yeah, he could easily be uh, a criminal mastermind. 
Right. <laughs> or yeah, or just break down oh, yeah. and you yeah. know end up living in the woods building bombs to kill people you know like that sort of thing exactly. i mean you could you could have a mental break yeah right. that, so that was a great scene that was a really great scene and what other point where he he yells at the lambo like, uh, lambo's like hey stop blaming me sean for your failed life and he's like i don't blame you right. it's not about you <laughs> right and that's really what right. it comes down to is it was for lambo it was all about him himself yeah he was a very selfish person that that was one of the great relationships in this movie was between Jerry Lambo and Sean. You know that 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 back and forth between them uh, was another good, one of the. Well, it was interesting too because that relationship was somewhat healed as well through their interaction with with Will and their you know the, and there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where he, he brings the kid to brings Will to Robin Williams and. And Robin Williams says, so uh, how many psych- psychiatrists did you go to before me? And he's like, five. Uh, let me see if I can name him. He just starts naming them off. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> so it was, yes. it was funny. Well, in a way, that's the sort of thing Will would have done. Like he knew exactly what his friend was would do and would have done and who he would go to. You know, that's that sort of thing. So it's uh, right. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, so we we named one of the things that we thought might have been oh you could characterize perhaps as a flaw the lack of a faith element. What what else? What other flaws would did do you find in this film? What other lacks? I'll, I'll name like one criticism that Roger Ebert had. He said it's it's the individual moments that make the movie not but not the payoff of the movie. Like the the payoff of the movie isn't isn't the best part. It's these individual moments. But mm. what do you guys think? What do you, what are the movies? Uh, flaws. What what keeps it from being the best movie? Well, you know, I, it's, it's, yeah, this is a good question. I hadn't. I wish you had sent that over before we started. <laughs> I don't prep my people. <laughs> Come on, you're on the spot. <laughs> I should have. Um, <laughs> no, I think. I think. I guess that that the faith question for me was a big flaw. Um, uh, Roger Ebert hits on something that I think is important. Um, you know, because if you when you when you do put the scenes together. It isn't necessarily your, your, you know, the greatest movie in the world, but it does have individual aspects of it that are really, really fun. And for us, people that grew up in Boston and whatnot, we we love seeing it, the scenes. We love seeing the, the scenery, and we like, you know, we do all that. Um, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to figure out another flaw for the movie, but I guess, I guess, I would have liked a better payoff in the Skyler will relationship. Yeah, I agree. If I was going to say anything, I mean, they, they kind of leave it open-ended. It's like, you kind of very just, open-ended. Assu- assume that he gets there and there's a, there's a warm reunion, but right. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's the first thing that, that came to mind too, was not necessarily, I didn't mind the, the ending. I rather no, like, I, I like the ending too. Uh, yeah. And, and, and all that, but um, yeah, maybe, as good as many drivers in the film, like we discussed, I, I thought maybe she could have used a little more time, maybe a little more development in yeah. that relationship. I agree. You know, because, I mean, it is it's not that it's unbelievable that he would drive across the country, you know, to, to go get her. But I, I feel like if they could have developed their relationship a little more, then maybe we could have, you know, that would have felt more... Uh, 
I don't know, not as crazy. Like, yeah, right. It was a little nutty that he, he he's like, <laughs> I'm going to go in this this car that's probably not going to make it all the way. Oh, no. <laughs> that Peter, oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I, there was no way that car was making it to California. <laughs> not at all, yeah. He might make it to Connecticut. He's, he's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Mass right. State line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, this is not – I mean, this, it's a pretty – like we're all having a hard time finding flaws in it. It's pretty. Yeah, it's a pretty good almost movie. Almost flawless film. Yeah. yeah. For a lot of people, it's it's high up in their top ten lists or whatever. Mm-hmm. But and this would be up there for me too. But uh, I would say maybe it just to maybe a, to gripe on like maybe the the most popular scene in the film, the "It's Not Your Fault" scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's kind of cheesy. Yeah, it's kind of cheesy. But you know, the obviously the the point of that scene is pivotal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it, it, it's him. Like like we mentioned, him trying to not blame himself anymore, forgive himself. I think the it does work only for the fact that obviously it's Robin Williams' Oscar winning performance and all yeah, that, right? Right. And I think because Matt Damon's character is you know hard hard guy from Southie, you know it's it it, it takes away a lot of that cheesiness. Yeah. Because if you just saw this in a, in almost any other film, it would feel like a Hallmark movie moment, right? <laughs> right. Because right. <laughs> on paper, I mean, if you read that scene on paper, like, it's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. Like, it's like, you got to have two two guys, like, really selling it. And the um, director yeah. really has to has to see what it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so... I mean, I don't know. I, I think I just justified the, the, the scene <laughs> as, I, as I was talking about it. <laughs> well, that's the I, I kind of I, yeah, I threw you guys but under yeah, the bus on that one, but yeah, and maybe I the this is kind of I mean, I guess it was meant to be funny, but that again when he when they're fighting, you know, when, uh, when they they get into that playground fight when yeah. he sees the guy, yes, you know, when it's it's all in slow motion and stuff, yeah, and yeah, yeah. like that operatic music, it was like. <laughs> That was a I little, laughed at it. I yeah. don't know if it was meant to be laughed at, but it was. <laughs> I think some was, of it was meant. Some of it was yeah. meant to be funny. I think, but you sure. know, I think um, it's interesting that uh, Will uh, that Matt Damon was able to pull this off. As you know, it really goes to his acting skills because he's not a kid from Southie. No, he's a pretty well-off middle-class person from Cambridge, Up, upper and, middle class, even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, we we're not talking about a kid from Southie. We're talking about a kid from Cambridge <clears throat> that's doing the acting. So he was really good in it. Back to your point on uh, Mini Driver, I think the thing that that kind of stuck with me on that was they hadn't really known each other that long. And she's like, I love you. And right. Like, and you know what I mean? It's like, where did that come from? Because I didn't really see I didn't really see the the love love coming through i saw like a relationship that was budding and growing and and everything else but then all of a sudden she comes out with the big l word and she's like i love you and i'm like yeah uh, uh, <laughs> uh what am i supposed to say here you know no, no wonder he ran <laughs> yeah because <laughs> because if you watch that through if you watch that as somebody who doesn't i guess who just kind of dropped off of a of a alien ship it would seem crazy yeah. I think well, there isn't a real good sense of time that no. if, if that's if that's a flaw, that might be one I throw out sure, there is yeah. I don't yeah. get a sense of how much time passes in this movie. Right. Is it a month? Is it six months? Uh, is it a year? Is it a year? I, right. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a, that's actually if, if anything, because if it's a year, if it's if they've been together for six months, even right. I buy the L word. If right. it's, if they've just been going together for a month, 
that might that's a little soon. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I think that's a valid criticism. Let's let's turn it uh, turn around and get to the easy part of the of our discussion, <laughs> which is your favorite parts of the movie, your favorite lines, or your favorite scenes. We, we've all mentioned it already, but I want to kind of uh, wind it back just a little to a little before the "How do you like them apples?" scene to that sets it up, which is the scene in the bar with Clark, the the Harvard <laughs> guy. Yeah. Who tries Ponytail. to? Oh my gosh! He tries to show up Chucky as a, as a dummy, and here comes Will and swoops in and totally like we dismantles him. Oh my gosh! Like I, yes. you know, I don't know that I say I, I knew guys like this in college because I had I, I knew some pretty nice. I didn't know anybody who's a real jerk like that in college, but you may have run into guys like this who they've learned a few things in a book and now they roll them out to make themselves look smart, you know? And, and th- that was that whole scene where Will's like, you're just stealing that line. Do you have an original thought? Like, right. you know, wait. And, and uh, so that, I love that scene. And then later on, he can go to Clark sitting in the Dunkin' Donuts. Like, do you like apples? And he says, yeah. And he puts the number on the window and says, how do you like them apples? And yeah. that, that has become a the classic best. line that everyone, I use that. My kids, know that line because I use it all the time. <laughs> I like them apples. That's right. Um, there's a couple of scenes in the movie that I really, really, really love, but I think the scene, and this isn't just one line, but I, I do have a favorite line, but this, this one scene is uh, when Robin Williams and he are in his office and they're trying to, he's trying to show, explain to him about how he met his wife. Yes. I love and, that scene. And the, and the game six. And he's yeah. like, you had tickets. Yeah. Yes. He's just, you have tickets to, to game six and you didn't go <laughs> and, and, and his excitement over it all, you know, like, Oh, game six, Fenway, you know, and, he, and that excitement was, was really, it was like when I saw it the first time, I remember thinking to myself, yeah, what was he thinking? He's nuts. I would have gone <laughs> to that game, you know? And you know, it, it, but that scene is important because it shows Will that, that there are some things that are, a that there are some things more important than what seems like it's important to you, like sports, and and B it shows that you know like there is love, you know there is love. I right. love this woman. I loved her enough that I gave up something that I I would have liked to even though he just met her. Right, right, he was, right, yeah. right. He was willing to risk every the risk this risk everything. Yeah, for, right. And it was and to go see about a girl. Yeah, yeah. And to go see about a girl. And then the end, the end of that scene though is is, is yeah. amazing. And yeah. He says, "Yeah, but Pudge Fisk, huh?" And he's yeah. like, well, "I didn't know he was going to hit a home run." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's cool about that scene too is like you know when they when they have that overhead shot where the furniture and and Sean's office is like the bases and it yeah, cuts back yeah. and forth between the the actual footage. It's 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 really a a brilliant scene. And keep in mind, this is nine, 1997 before 2004, right. the, when the South right. had won the World Series. Broken, yeah. 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 So it, it had even more intensity then. It did. And, and so that scene, that scene in and of itself was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And then I think one of my favorite lines in the movie is it's a throwaway line, but it's uh, Matt Damon comes in. It's, he's been told he has to see a psychologist and he comes in and he's like, I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's such a wise guy. <laughs> I know. That that's like that resonated with me so deeply. I I don't know why, but it did. And uh it just it was like, oh, I can see myself saying that. Well that's really 
that was another one of the strengths of this movie is the ability to take, you know, these deep emotional scenes and then to get diffuse it just a little bit at the end with a little bit of humor. Like after the 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 forgiveness and, you know, it's it's not your fault and they're hugging and then you have a beat and then Will says, does this violate the doctor patient? A relationship and Sean says, yeah. Not unless you grab my butt, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome. And it, it just, was funny, it, it kind of diffuses all that emotion that you've got at that moment with a bit of a laugh. And it's that's what makes that this so brilliantly done. I mean, I really, it really, it really is great. How about you, Andrew? Your your favorite line or, or scene? Oh man, uh, other than the ones you guys mentioned, uh, I mean, obviously the park bench scene mm. is great. I mean, just just great acting and then. You know, to to go back to the, you know, the Harvard ponytail guy. <laughs> See, another good line. Yeah, another, another good line Bolton is like, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you pay, you dropped 150 grand on on a education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late, <laughs> in late fees at the library. <laughs> I yeah. love that line. That, yeah. that was a great line. That was a good um, one. I knew that would resonate with you, Dom. I knew you'd resonate with that. <laughs> yes, it does resonate with me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the I will end you scene, another powerful yes. scene, obviously, all of that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, one, another another funny line uh, is like, w- w- Will goes to Sean's like, so I read your book last night. And Sean's like, oh, so you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've stolen that so many times. Yes, I have too. <laughs> because, there, there, there was, you know, I used to have this little show on Catholic TV about movies and Older people in the parishes would come. If I watch your show every week, yeah. and I always say, "Oh, so you're the one." <laughs> <laughs> I wondered how much ad libbing Robin Williams did because he was infamous for his ad libbing. He did a lot, actually. Oh, and, yes. and, there, and in the end, that scene at the end when he's reading the the note from Will. Yeah, he's that is a total ad lib. Ad lib when he says, "Hey, the kid stole my line." That's <laughs> yes. total ad lib. The great ad lib too, because yeah. again, it's that diffusing of the emotion of the moment. Right. Uh, I, I do want to say I, I really enjoyed the scene of Skylar and Will on their date when they're eating at the fast food counter. Yes. And yes. He's like, I bet you're hoping for a good night kiss. I loved their interaction with each other. It was so relaxed and and I like I love that relationship that they had where they could really be real with each other. They could be down to earth and. <laughs> then they like they have their first kiss while they get food in their mouth <laughs> and then she's yeah. like i think i got some of your pickle, your pickle. Yeah. <laughs> they, had, they had good chemistry yes yeah it was great yeah. it was great they had good chemistry that was that, that was good casting uh i think uh bringing her in uh it was interesting that they brought in a brit to to take that to take that role it didn't have to be someone who was british Right. Um, yeah. But it, it was interesting that they that that's what they chose. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. it definitely. I think it definitely had to be someone not from Boston because yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, Will. You know, being with the typical. No. You know, Boston girl. That's some girl from Wellesley or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that. Yeah, it had to be someone who was very foreign to him. Not not necessarily literally foreign, although that helps. But very different from his experience, from his right. from what he knows, and because. That's one of the things that drives her, makes him drive her away is his he's scared of her being different uh, mm. outside of his experience. Uh, so, yeah, that was that's true. That's true. Yeah. I just what was the other um, the just him solving the math problems? You know, the the first one on the on the blackboard. Hey, oh, you yeah. know, he, Lambo can say, hey, don't, don't uh, graffiti on people's stuff. He's like, hey, uh, go, you know, go to hell or something. You know, yeah. he walks away around the <laughs> oh. corner and then they look and they're like. 
he solved that. Wait, go yeah. find that guy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. The whole the whole movie has it's a, it, the interconnected scenes are really really good. I mean, you, you can you can kibitz about the little flaws and things about it, but in the end, it's a really good movie. And you know, I mean, Williams won an Oscar, uh, you know, for his portrayal of Sean McGuire. Yeah, and he sh- probably should have. I think. Oh yeah. Um, I Very remember. Deserving. I remember. Yeah, I remember watching. He was deserving of Oscars for other stuff, but he did yeah. at least win it for that. Yes. Um, and you know there was there was just the the scenes. Uh, there's that scene where they give him the car for his birthday. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and you know it's in Bill Bill played by Cole Hauser is like yeah the engine solid get the good yeah. it's a good solid it's good. car good solid car. It's <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. It was a really good scene. It was really, it was, it was, it was totally something that I've done with friends. <laughs> you stand around with your buddies. Yeah. 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 Calling him kid. That is such a Boston thing. My friends do that. We, yeah. we all do. We just say, hey, kid, it. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's such an authentic Boston thing. Yeah. You're right. That, that was very good. That was a good scene. It's a quiet. Uh, I wish scene. I had, or, or, or I, I'm remembering the the Casey Affleck. Uh, whenever they're in the car together, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good scene. I, yeah, I wish I had a, a double burger. burger. <laughs> 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 who would have thought? Yeah, who, who would have thought that that kid would would one day win an acting Oscar? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Damon and Affleck, they haven't won acting Oscars. I mean, no. they won obviously for the writing, and then right. Affleck won for directing Argo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Damon has been and Affleck been nominated, but uh, Casey's the only one that's won um, <laughs> for another for another Boston movie, Manchester by the Sea. That's right. Which is yeah, which great was, film. Which I mean, was a good probably movie, the saddest yeah. film I've ever seen, but it it's, was, it's, yeah. it's a really good. It's good a good film. movie. I um yeah, I liked I liked those guys. Those guys. Those were some of my favorite scenes in the movies when they were together. Just the the and back and forth, and you know I don't get to do that enough. I wish I had more of that in my life now. I, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you just you lose it. You lose it. You lose touch with people and you lose touch with yeah. people. And yeah, it's 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 too bad. I mean, it was interesting seeing those guys at sort of the beginning, quote unquote, of their career, you know, in this movie, you know. And it, I think I, and the other thing that got me to wondering last last night when I was rewatching it again, what how would this film have been different if Ben Affleck had directed huh. and, that kind of got oh. that kind of got me thinking because Gus Van Zant directed it, obviously and he did a great job and but and I and I'm sure that Affleck and Damon had some input into you know the, you know the different scenes in the movie and stuff but I wonder with Affleck because Affleck's a pretty good director I mean he's not a bad right. director at all I mean, yeah. he's an Oscar winning director he's a good director it'd be interesting to see it would have been interesting to it, it's a it's a total mind game but just trying to think like what would this movie have been like if if hmm. Matt Damon, if if Affleck had actually directed it, so that's the kind of thing that runs through this noggin. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I, I would, I would probably be maybe not much different. I mean, it would probably be a lot, be like uh, Gone Baby Gone. You know, right? Mm. Uh, uh, he directed that film. Yeah, he directed yeah. Casey in that film, and and it's very similar. It's kind of you know, it's a, it's a it's a story set. In, it's in Boston, right? Yeah. No. Uh, or Gone Baby Boston? Gone? No. Yeah. 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 Is it oh, not in Boston? Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of the other one, uh, Gone Girl. Gone Baby yeah. Gone. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Gone Baby Gone. Gone. Yeah. yeah, it's set in yeah. Dorchester, yeah. It's yeah. not Southie, but it's it's close. Close enough. Yeah. I think Gus, I mean, <laughs> Gus Van Sant, yeah, <laughs> right. Gus Van Sant, I think, uh, you know, he's he's definitely not, uh, you know, a, a blockbuster 
filmmaker. I mean, he makes a lot of, I mean, he was known for his like independent film festival type movies, right. yep. a very quiet type of film. And then, and then, yeah, a lot, I think a lot of the, you want to get a lot maybe of those moments, you know, there's like those, those scenes that might seem like throwaways of, but they're not, I mean, they're important scenes like of Will just sitting alone, you know, in his, in his, you know, house, you know, I, I think of that shot of like, the dishes. Yeah. You remember that scene? It, was, yep. it kind of zooms yeah. out. And then you see, you just get these little glimpses of, of his house and how much of a mess it is. And, and it's, his life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. It's like an allegory to his life. You know, I, I think a lot of those type of moments, maybe that, that, that ambiguous ending, you know, with like the, the folk music yeah, <laughs> over right. the credits, that's total Gus Van Sant sort of thing. You know, maybe little things like that would have been different. Uh, if, and if Afternoon Delight. Don't forget yeah. Afternoon yeah. Delight. That's right. Yeah, Afternoon <laughs> Delight. That was so funny. When that started playing, I was like, I don't remember this. Why don't I remember this? And then I just, yeah. and all my mind always goes back to Anchorman when I hear that. Now. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't help I can't hear Anchorman. that song and not think of yeah. Anchorman. So. <laughs> uh, Van Zandt won Best Director for, the, for this, by the way. I mean, obviously, and uh, yeah. Best Picture. Best Picture in 97. I mean, this is. This was a big movie. Uh, the big movie. It, it ended up being a big movie. It, it yeah. was. A, it was a. It was a small movie to make, but it was a. No, big he movie. didn't win. He didn't win. I thought he it said that's wrong. Oh, this is, nominee, the, this is Titanic. This Nom- is the Titanic. Oh, year. that's right. right, right. This is the Titanic <laughs> year. I, yeah, I misread right. the list. He's a nominee. Yeah, best yeah. picture yeah. nominee, best actor nominee, best actress, Minnie Driver nominee in supporting role, best director nominee. Yeah, Titanic won. Yeah, Cameron. Yeah, obviously James Cameron won director and Titanic won best film and right. yeah. Yeah, it won. I think yeah, just won for supporting actor and, uh, and script right. and screenwriting. Script, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so should note if in case yeah, I mean if you've listened this far, you've watched the movie. But if you haven't, this is not a movie for kids. There's a lot of uh, pure, no. pure and, it's a lot of bad language and uh, the also discussion of uh, intimate matters that you know not really. It was unnecessary, frankly. I mean, it was, some of it was funny. But um, it didn't add to the movie necessarily. So, uh, but it was, but it's in there. So just be, so you know, um, you don't go showing it to your kids. <laughs> don't show it to your kids. <laughs> Please don't. Oh boy. All right. Uh, any last thoughts on this uh, on this movie before we wrap things up? Any notes that you have? Um, you know, it, it just. I remember seeing it in '97. It was this was even before I was in the seminary. So it was like I remember watching that movie and thinking to myself all of us have to figure out our lives on our own in a sense we can't do things for other people like i you can't live for your friends mm-hmm. and you can't expect to um you know just that everything's going to remain the same you know and that really drove that home for me uh then cuz i was in my late late 20s you know when that came out and and you know i think a lot of us in my age um we we messed around a lot uh, as far as like trying to find ourselves. And honestly, it, I can point to this movie and say this this movie helped me figure out that I needed to kick myself in the butt. Andrew, last thoughts? It's a timeless film with timeless themes, and and it'll resonate forever. And and yeah, it's it's the the movie that that one of the most influential movies on me in my life. To one of the reasons why I want to enter film school. And, you know, uh, that movie was definitely up there for me as, as an influence. And, and obviously the story behind it again, you know, these two unknown guys mm. wrote a screenplay and, and got it made and uh, the rest was history. You know, that's the dream of every, 
anyone who wants to get into filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And yeah, I think that's something that, you know, no matter what happens, uh, you know, uh, if you have like a up and down career like Ben Affleck or, you know, a pretty steady, stable, successful career like Matt Damon, they'll always be known for, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. this film and, and, uh, and the story behind it. I don't think that's something that ever be lost. And yeah, I think this is, I think, you know, well, far beyond, you know, uh, well beyond our years and generations after us, this will still be a classic. I have one, one last thing before we go. Yep. Um, I just, I think that um, this movie holds up. It like does. It, does, it doesn't, it, it's not, doesn't seem dated. It doesn't seem old. Um, the only, the only scene obviously that kind of seems a little dated is the, is the scene with the, with the, them about Pudge Fisk. But that's because we've lived through 2004, 2007, 2013, and 2018. But <laughs> <laughs> had to get that in. Yeah, um, sure. But uh, I think that it just it just holds up. It it, it doesn't look old to me. Right. It's, it's made in 1997, and it looks like it could have been made yesterday. 24 years. That's kind of amazing yeah. to think about. Yeah. One thing I w- my last thought is it's, I, it's just kind of a fascinating parallel. But you know. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are kind of will hunting in that they're the kids who came out of Boston with this skill who hit the pinnacle. They won the Oscar. They feel the the acting, the the movie equivalent of the field medal (laughs) and went on to have that amazing career, which you hope will did. So I think that's kind of an interesting parallel in in that movie. So All right. So let's let's. Let's uh, wrap it up on that note. Uh, I do want to, before we go, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including Dante V, Caroline K, Jeremy N, Wendy T, and Bradley J. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of Goodwill Hunting? What did you think of anything we had to say? Let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Until next time, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Father Chip Hines, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom, and... uh... Why don't you go have some apples? (laughs) And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli, and I got to go see about a girl. (laughs) Thank you for for listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on StarQuest. 